Oh, Wait, that's your dream game? That's my dream game. Come on. <laughs> it's, my, it's not yours. WWE. No yours. Wow. Of all no, the I'm games to pick, sure. Yeah, best. And I will never pay that price for a AAA game. The gloves are off. Two people very much on opposite sides of the fence <laughs> on this one. This is seriously the only show on the internet that gathers three of the best gaming journalists from all over the interwebs to argue about the hot button topics that you need to know the answers to. This week, we're going to be talking about whether or not AAA games should cost you $70 at launch. And joining us on this week's episode is Adam Vajeska, senior games writer at TechRadar, Sam Loveridge, global editor-in-chief at GamesRadar, and Stephen Mesner, senior reporter at PC Gamer. So Adam, I'm going to come to you first. You have 20 seconds to lay out your initial position. Should AAA games be $70? Go for it. Triple A game should not be $70, and I will never pay that price for a triple A game. I'm making a very clear line in the sand. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to bow to the pressure of the publishers. There's not been enough of an advancement in longevity, quality, and innovation that I will pay $70. I love it. I love it. Stating your point clearly which side of the fence you're on. I'm curious to see. Stephen, where do you lie on this one? Uh, yeah, games should absolutely be $70. I mean, historically, <laughs> games have never been as cheap as they are right now. I think they've never provided as much value as they do right now. And I think in addition to that, like the production values for games are sky high. Games are, are incredible right now. So it only makes sense that we would have to pay a little bit more to enjoy them. Fantastic stuff. The gloves are off. Two people very much on opposite sides of the fence <laughs> on this one. And just Sam Loveridge left to go. Sam, your time starts now. Uh, I am joining Stephen on this game should absolutely be $70. Like if you think about the time versus investment that you get from games, a cinema ticket's what, $15 to $20. And I've just played Assassin's Creed Valhalla for 160 hours for the you know price of $70. So yeah, games are good. We should be paying for the privilege to pay them. Well, there we go. There we go. Let us know down in the comments below who you agree with here, because I'm genuinely intrigued to see this out. But <laughs> Every just point themselves. I love it so much. Uh, Adam, I want to come to you. I thought what Sam said yeah. was really interesting, right? About the time you spend at the cinema and the amount you would spend on that sort of process versus the time you are spending in these hundred hour plus games. So I want to know what what's sort of the game in most recent memory that you've put the most amount of time into? How much did you Ooh. spend on it? And do you think it was worth it? That is a very good question. So probably, yeah. In recent memory, one of the games I've sunk countless hours into was PUBG. And I remember that was a discounted price. I think it was about £30 when it came to early access on Xbox, which uh, was probably a horrendous version to play, admittedly, <laughs> looking back. But I have sunk hundreds and hundreds of hours into that. Now, if someone was like to me, this game costs you $70, there's no way I could justify that because PUBG, even after early access, has never been where it has to be. And the reason I've been happy to pay for battle passes and keep the game supported is because of the cheap entry point and because I get so much enjoyment out of it. However, there's so many games now which they have a finite lifespan in terms of how much you play. Not every game is a games as a service or the PUBG or the Vision 2. And $70 just seems so much because not every game's great and our time is precious. And there's so many alternatives out there now, which we'll get to, called Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> where it makes that monetary value really hard to stomach. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, right? Stephen, this £70 price point is being brought in at a time where actually more price points than ever are being sort of explored. So what do you think about that? And, and maybe which game on the horizon do you see coming out at $70 do you think will actually be worth it? 
Oh man. Well, okay. Well, here's the thing. Like there's more games uh, at a greater variety of price points. And to me, that just justifies the $70 price point as being okay, because that just means that we're spending less than ever with Xbox Game Pass. Like that's an incredible value. So that means that I'm okay if, you know, every once in a while I have to spend $70 and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying spending $70 doesn't suck. It absolutely sucks. Uh, I'm Canadian and it's actually now like closer to $90 Canadian. And that, oh, wow. that really hurts at the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, with free to play games, being so common with Xbox Games Pass, with, you know, PlayStation Now. Like, there's so many ways to get free games that, you know, the once in a while where I feel like I actually have to pay full price, I, I feel like I can deal with it if it means, you know, buying something that has good quality, that is, you know, supporting the industry. The game that I think I'm most excited for Oh boy, you know, that's tough. I'm really excited for Returnal, uh, the new PlayStation exclusive that's coming out at the end of the next month, end of April. I love roguelikes and that game looks gorgeous. Uh, it has a big story. Roguelikes are typically games that you can sink, you know, hundreds of hours into sometimes uh, and, and get a lot of fun out of and the challenges there. So like, I'm, I'm already okay with the idea of spending $70 on that game. That's a really interesting game that you bring up, Returnal. Of course, Destruction All-Stars, another PS exclusive that was originally going to be 70 bucks and then ended up coming for free on PlayStation Plus. Sam, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. If Destruction All-Stars had come out at 70 bucks when it launched, would you have been happy that that's one of the first games you'd be sinking that 70 bucks into? I mean, I wouldn't have bought it personally. <laughs> um, I've played it a lot because it was free, but I don't, you know, it's not a game that appealed to me yeah. in terms of just the, just the gameplay. But I think just to echo what Steven said, it's all about the fact that there are so many options. And I feel like there are more sales nowadays for games than ever before. I get an email from GOG.com, like at least every other day being like, come and buy some games. I'm like, oh, go on then. But <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's about like, if there's a game that you're massively passionate about, like, you know, Return of for Steven, and for me, it's um, Horizon Forbidden West, I will be there day one for a game that I'm super passionate about and, and pay that entry price. I think it's about like, you know, if you if you don't want to play it day one, you can buy it pre-owned or, you know, get it in a sale or it may even come to, you know, PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. Like there are ways of getting access to the $70 games without having to buy them day one. So I think, you know, for those people who can afford to pay $70 and, and want to for that that day one experience then that's good because we are supporting the industry and you know if, if you look at the rate of inflation like Stephen was saying like the games are not actually as expensive as they should be even just looking at inflation from like PS1 days to now whereas like you know a lot of people make these games and they should be paid for it. Adam I've got to come to you that face said it all. In, in a boardroom somewhere, there is men in suits and women rubbing their hands thinking this is exactly what we want to hear because my biggest problem with some of these $70 games, like NBA 2K21, which looks fantastic, and I'm not a big basketball fan, but I'd like to play that. These games are still littered with microtransactions and predatory practices that were there as an excuse for the fact that games were $60 and they needed to get more money and people play these for longer. I would be more than happy if they gave a different version, for example. I would pay more to have a version which was just the game without any of that. You know, give me all the content, let me access it like I used to. And that's where I take a little bit of a um, offense when I see 2K telling me what I should pay now and why they are desperate for my money. When we all know that GTA 5 still sells a million every day, basically, I swear to God. Um, but yeah, there's there's certain games which I agree, you know, if you're passionate about a game, sure, you might, maybe one day I'll say, yeah, you know what, they've remade WWF No Mercy from the N64. 
they've remade it. Seventy dollars is the only way I can get it. I'll do it. But until wait, that's your come, dream game. That's my dream game. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not yours. WWE. No wow. Of all no, the I'm games to pick, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah but like, I feel game. like. I feel like you're on the cusp there of saying that you would pay seventy pound dollars for a game that wasn't full of microtransactions. I feel like the AAA games that do have like tons of microtransactions are very few and far between now. Like it's more like your Fortnites and you know the games that are free that are using that microtransaction model as their lifeline. Whereas like I think sports games are like kind of a separate discussion. They feel like their own like. You did mention bubble. Assassin's Creed though. Those yeah, microtransactions. Assassin's Creed has the They're speed of XP. They're completely optional, though. Yeah, that's what they always say. Optional, optional, optional. I have not bought a single win. one, and I've hundred percented that game. No, and, and that's thing. good for you. But people will buy them, and that's why they're there. Yeah, but that's the option, though, right? Like, that's not a a necessary choice that you have to pay those extra the monies, like. I'm going to say something that probably will upset a fair amount of people, especially if they like sports games. Sports games have never been worth the <laughs> amount of money that it costs <laughs> to buy them. They are like, you want to talk about like recycled trash sports games, like every year, it's just a lineup refresh with the same features, maybe like a brand new game mode. And, you know, they have made some really good innovation, but it feels like it takes about like five years for like the NBA 2K franchise to come out with something meaningfully new. So if that's like the threshold, that's the benchmark that you're holding all of the AAA industry to, I I feel like that is just the lowest bar that you could find because yeah, at the end of the day, there are tons of, of, of great AAA games that come out that can totally justify that $70 price point that aren't littered with microtransactions or if they have microtransactions like Assassin's Creed and yes, Odyssey was really bad with the microtransactions, but it's sort of like this ongoing dialogue, right? They, they overstep the line. Uh, there's a lot of blowback from the audience and then they, you know, Valhalla came out and the microtransactions were much more dialed back and optional than they were in odyssey which was you know selling paid level or like character boosts level boosts uh to speed up the leveling process which was, was silly so like i i just don't <laughs> i i just i think you're so close to joining our side of the fence this is all part of my grand strategy so i'm trying to lull you in when really i'm going to double down again and say <laughs> that no for example, the, the $70 thing as well. Let, let's be honest here. Yes, a couple of publishers have you know, said this is where they're going to go. But really, the only other one in terms of the big three who is going with this is Sony. So Sony's games are $70. While Microsoft, as you know, if you're subscribed to Xbox Game Pass, and if you don't and you own an Xbox or PC, seriously, um, all their Xbox Game Studio games launched day one on that service. So you will never have to pay $70. It doesn't matter if it's a sports game or Halo or anything. While if you're a PS5 owner, which five people are because there's no stock, <laughs> you have to pay $70 for those first-party Sony games. And yes, don't get me wrong, Sony first-party games are usually ridiculously good, but are all of them that good? Do you remember the PS4 games? Do you remember like Order 1886? But and- Adam, no one's making... I, I brought that up. Not full price. Not full price. True. But that's... Yeah. I feel like the mistake you're making, Adam, is that you're assuming you have to buy every game. And that's just not true. (laughs) (laughs) To be, everyone knows to be a gamer, you have to buy every single and complete every single game. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Else you don't get to put a capital G in your gamer title. Absolutely. Uh, But like, here's the thing is you don't have to buy every game. Um, And I think, you know, definitely going up to the $70 price point does mean that 
for a lot of people, especially right now, right? Like we're in a pandemic, people are hurting financially. It's it's hard times. I think it's totally okay to recognize that people are going to be stingier with their purchases and people should be stingier with their, uh, with their purchases. We should, you know, I think gaming as an industry definitely has a problem of trying to milk players and exploit players for cash. And I think, you know, it, it's always important to advocate that people, you know, are stingy, that people really take the time to consider that people don't buy into the hype, that people don't pre-order for the love of God, don't pre-order. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't have to buy every $70 game. So, you know, the ones that are $70, yeah, it's going to hurt a bit more and maybe you're going to be a bit more skeptical. But I don't think that that flat out means that games shouldn't be $70, that studios shouldn't be, you know, adjusting games for the rate of inflation that, you know, the massive projects that are taking 2000 developer person teams to put together shouldn't be you know making money <laughs> in a way that you know might and I, I at the end of the day I get what you're saying you're talking about the corporate suits earlier right like of course there are going to be studios that are going to look at this they're going to go great this is just going to fatten their bottom line this is going to be a nice a, a, a nice bonus to Bobby Kotick <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> year but like uh you know it also means that there are studios that do treat their employees really well, that do care about labor issues. And I think the $70 price point, it's an opportunity to sort of contribute to a more healthy and sustainable gaming development scene. And that's what we're here for, right? Like we're, we're here to guide people to the games that are worth investing $70 and maybe those who probably worth waiting for the sales for like that's part of our roles as journalism you know journalisms journalists uh, <laughs> to guide people towards the games that are worth investing the you know the highest price in sorry Matt, I cut you no, no 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 looping back to something that Stephen just said there then about sort of studios being able to charge that higher price so they can treat their staff better and, and sort of improve the production of these games sam i want to loop back to you Something like Game Pass on the horizon, like you keep saying, you don't have to pay full price for these games because of services like Game Pass. I guess my question is, is Game Pass sustainable? Do you really think that in the long term, it helps the industry? Do you think that publishers putting their games onto Game Pass is allowing them that freedom to treat their staff better, to have less crunch? Or is it actually doing the complete opposite? I don't, I, I genuinely don't know. Like, I feel like Game Pass is too good to be true. I feel like yeah. someday I'm going to wake up and they're going to go, <laughs> fools you is actually a thousand pounds a month. It's really, really great. Because like, they are AAA games arriving on, on this service day one, you know, what it's like six quid a month, eight quid a month. Generally can't remember there's so many freaking subscriptions coming yeah. out of my account now. But it is such good value. Like, I don't understand how... You know, a AAA game that would be selling for seventy dollars a copy coming to Game Pass is going to help sustain that studio. Obviously, it helps that a lot of them are owned by Microsoft, and there are like is it eighteen million people now subscribed to Game Pass? Yep. But would those eighteen million play all the games on Game Pass? Would they then have gone on to buy the seventy pound version? It's it's a really interesting discussion to have because I feel like it it can't be sustainable, can it? Like I just it just feels too good to be true. I don't know what you guys think, but like it's it's just such good value. Adam, what do you think? Is it sustainable? I I bloody hope so. Am I allowed to curse? <laughs> yeah, that's not really a curse word, is it? Um... <laughs> that's like a mum curse. Yeah. <laughs> I can say what I want, mum. I'm a grown boy. I'm My ears, no. <laughs> She's got the soap out again. Um, yeah, yeah I, I really hope so. And it's interesting because you do hear from people in the industry that Game Pass does seem to broaden people's taste. It does introduce people to new franchises and series. And one thing I think a lot of people forget with Game Pass is when a game is on Game Pass, it doesn't mean you can't buy that game. In fact, if you subscribe to Game Pass, you actually get 20% off that title before it leaves. You also get 10%, I think it might even be 20 
off the DLC as well. And I know for a fact there's there's certain games like Sea of Thieves. Now that game was obviously one of the first games of Microsoft's first party to hit Game Pass on day one. When that game launched, it was a shell. It was just a really cool concept, but there was nothing to do. I was up till like 2 a.m. last night. I hope, I hope my boss doesn't hear this. Playing Sea of Thieves because that game has evolved so much and there's no way it would be even on anyone's radar if that was just sold as a hard copy and people had to go out and spend $60 on it. But because it's accessible to everyone, because it can continue to grow, people play it. And there's other games I like, The Medium I would never have played, um, Super Lucky's Tale I would never have played. And I, I think that's the biggest strength of Game Pass is not only do you get this great subscription model and all these games and the first party and you're saving money and it's great for stingy people like me who wear gaming t-shirts and don't buy real clothes it's more than that i really do think it broadens everyone's horizons as a gamer and if you are just a fifa player or a madden player or a call of duty player game pass does give you that ability to go oh, i'll try this puzzle game i'll try this and then suddenly you've opened up new genres introduced yourself to new developers and you never know where it might lead you exactly exactly and then finishing <laughs> <laughs> where it might lead you <laughs> Finishing up then, of course, $70 for a game sounds like a lot, but we've had collector's editions of games that have come with all sorts of nonsense that have been well exceeding $100, maybe even $200 for some. Stephen, I want to come to you. Has this been ever something that you've indulged in? Do you have any tchotchkes there with you that I want to see? No, I like... I hate collector's editions more than anything. Adam, you're talking about uh, publishers mm. like milking players with just dumb crap that they don't need. Collector's editions are dumb crap that you do not need. You know, for every one that is actually like the statue is like artistically made with high quality materials, there are nine where people pull it out of the box and it is like this clump of melted plastic that someone painted <laughs> on in a factory somewhere like it, like god knows what kind of exploited labor that those those knickknacks were made with like collector's editions are awful i don't think that it's the answer to anything the same with like the in-game item stuff like i hate that stuff when it's like oh pay 90 dollars. you know ubisoft is so bad for that oh, too with like god. the division where it has 14 separate editions and each one gets you a different jacket or something stupid like come on like that stuff is is i, I hate it i hate it more than anything <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Sam, close us out then. Let's conclude what we've been saying today. Do you think games should be cost $70? Do you think eventually they're going to cost more? Or are we all just going to move to these subscription services paying so much a month for our massive game libraries? I think games are worth $70. I think they will only get more expensive, but they will be complemented by subscription services and indie games and early access titles. So there is a plethora of ways of, to people to get access to new games. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much for joining me, the three of you. And thank you guys for watching at home. Let us know in the comments down below what you think. I'm really, really intrigued to hear what you have to say about everything that's been raised today. Remember to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, follow if you're watching on Facebook and give that video a like. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.